There we go. Everyone's in the house already. Welcome, everybody, to the Potty Mouth Garden Club. Lovely to have you here. Yes, we've got a full team in the house. Please, comments, questions. Don't forget capitals for questions. If you want a question answered, we'll try our very best. But put it in capitals. That'll be lovely. Let me bring in the... T well, I'll tell you what. Let me play the intro first. That might be best. And we'll start on the first Potty Mouth Garden Club. <laughs> There we go. Right then, let's see if we can bring in. We'll bring everybody in first, and we'll, we'll actually unmute them as well. The whole there's the whole crowd, the whole happy crowd. Hey, hello, hello. hey. Hello. so yes, welcome everyone. Stephen, Stephen, what you been up to, sir? What you been up to? What you been planting? Oh, uh, loads of flowers this week. Half of those beds out the back, they're all planted up with flowers. Never. And, oh, yeah, my tomatoes. I've put a load of tomatoes in this week as well. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about the tomatoes because there's a lot, lots to ask you about kind of tomatoes because I think now tomatoes is the kind of hot topic. You know, I kind of think of, like, the magazines and they're always, like, a month ahead, but we can do it actually as as it happens. Do you know what I mean? We don't have to kind of plan a month ahead to tell you about what's happening. And I think it's the crucial – well, not the crucial, but it's, like, the golden time now to start – thinking about planting your tomatoes, so we will certainly do do that. Have we got JB in the house? Is the young fellas a game? Oh, there he is. Oh, game. Okay. Look, he's still playing World of Warcraft. Knock it off, man, <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> How are you doing, lad? Are you all right? Yeah, very well, thank good, you. Good, good. Well. Now, you were away last week because you went to Chili Chump. To see, I did indeed. See, yes. Was it, was it good? Did you learn anything? Or did it you just was. get drunk and eat chilies all... All night long. <laughs> yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah, no, it, was, it was amazing. It was so good to see the scale that he's operating at. It's stuff uh, I could only dream of, but he's got two massive greenhouses. Well, I see, yeah, you could, I think so, I've seen so um, Chili's like an aerial shot or something, and it, like you say, it is yeah, just, yeah, just, you know what I mean? And then to have them two nice big greenhouses as well. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, straight off then, JB, did you learn anything new, or was it all just kind of recycled what he's telling you? Did, did he... No, I did. I mean, he's pretty honest. He puts pretty much everything he does in his videos. So uh -huh. that's pretty good. But I might have picked up one or two little, or two. Uh, little oh, secrets. Still going to whop the young fellas backside here. They are, <laughs> Audrey, are you still here there, lass? Audrey, hello. I sure am. I sure am. Now, we were talking just a few minutes ago before we went on live, and Audrey's got a cold. Oh, oh, but you know, oh. now if it would have been me, honestly, if he took up in bed, I'm, a, I'm like man flu. It's the worst time, you know what I mean? I'm the worst <laughs> person to get. I'm terrible. You're a trooper there, Audrey. You're on the mic. Thank you well, very much. I'm only on day one, so maybe by tomorrow that would be the case. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, honestly, as soon as it kind of hits me, you know, Audrey, it's just like just knocks us for six, you know what I mean? I'm such a well, baby when it comes to... Let's too. just acknowledge that women tend to be stronger than men. <laughs> All the time. God, you know what I mean? Well, we just, we kind of put up with a whole lot of stuff. It's because you hide things in the fridge and we can't find them when we're looking straight at them. That's what the bloody, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> Where is it? I'm looking on shelf oh, two. Oh, I love that. I love that. When it's right there. Oh, this as well. It's always. So don't forget questions. Any questions, put them in capitals. That would be fantastic. Let me see. So, Stephen, we'll get back to you, sir. Let me just put you on full thing. And you talked about them bears. So are you kind of – this is not – Controversial, I'm not saying the con because it's just off the top of my head, but almost wasting them beds, putting flowers in, or is flowers as as important? Oh, oh let us get it out first, man. For <laughs> God's sake, I've just, just thought of it. Is it as potent for you as veg? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, very much so, because, I mean, you get the enjoyment of just working amongst them, for starters. You don't. This is the thing, though, right, that people don't realise. Once you're in flowers, it lifts your spirits. Even if you don't care for them much, just the fact that you're in them lifts, lifts your spirits. And the fact that I'm in amongst them, working them, pulling them out and weeding them, cutting them, and I'm walking home with four buckets of flowers, please just punch for them put them in some vases and they're around the house for days, you know? Well, I, I basically asked that question because I know JB was, I don't know if he's done these bloody sunflowers yet. <laughs> I have. They're going I've, in the garden. They've germinated. Oh, right. <laughs> so we might see them about winter time then, JB. <laughs> yeah, might have been a little bit late on So how, how many have you got? And what are you, what is your kind of take on flowers? Are you... A flower so, guy, or I'm not, and I I try, and I just it it always I always end up with you know too much on my plate, and flowers always fall to the bottom of the priority list. So I've always got a few on the go, but um, you know generally they're the companion plants I'm focusing on, um, and I you know it's a mission if I can grow any veg, as you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, a, it's a mission if you ever actually luxury. plant some veg. Never mind grow it. You know. <laughs> Start planting some veg. <laughs> well, I, this is—I must admit—I'm, you know, I kind of joke when he said that, but I don't normally—I don't normally concentrate on fruit or flowers. But I want to make a big deal this year of trying to put more flowers in, and especially when Audrey mentioned, you know, like doing like the for Ukraine the, the sunflowers. I think that's just like inspired us to kind of try other flowers, you know. And Steve's on about like Cosmo and, and all that, so. Audrey, what about you then? I, I think it might have been you that groaned there when I said that it is important. As... Oh, I did groan, yes. <laughs> um, I think they're very important for just being beautiful. Uh, I have a, a desire this, this year that whenever anyone comes over to hang out with me, they can leave with a bouquet of flowers. So I've really upped my flower game this year. Right. Oh, well, we and won't. I love having fresh flowers in my house. I love it. Mm -hmm. I tell you why from sorry Audrey, I was just gonna say from I normally plant I normally grow like say sweet peas, but I always seem in this front garden, I don't do them in the in the, the allotment, seem to go like mildewy. And they seem to like dead healthy and strong and then turn mildewy and then I just like Wah. and I've got to get into the habit of picking the flowers because I don't, you know, I don't even dead dead heads, do you know what I mean? It's just kinda it's a hard and life plants have got when I'm growing them. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of... It's... Well, it's like basil. The more you pick it, the better it gets. Uh -huh. My mum always said, you know, it was like when she comes over to my gardens, like house gardens, like the plants get tough love because I don't really look after them and I don't, you know what I mean? I just say like, they're, they're there and they survive or don't. So I'm going to try. JB, we have a question for you, sir. I've just noticed there. 
Damn rabbits in. Uh, let me just. Naturally, oh, yeah. GB. Are you supposed to pinch out the top of chili plants and make them bushier, fruit more? And can I just add on to that as well, GB? I've been at this moment. My chilies are in. You know, probably about a bit bigger than yours and healthier. But I've been picking off the flowers. Yeah. Should I do that? And what about damn rabbits? Question. Yeah, so I'll I'll do flowers first, but um, if if flowers, you know, picking them is a good idea. Generally, it's a sign that either they're root bound or you know oh, you've just right. on, they're still catching up a little bit, right? Um, or the conditions aren't right and they're stressed and they're thinking, well, it's time, you know, it's kind of coming up to the end of my life. I'm in a rush to get the flowers out. Um, so generally, if you're growing at scale, if you've got like twenty plus chili peppers. Don't worry about it because it will take you so much time to get through all the flowers. You can do if you want, and it will kind of signal to the plant, especially if you're giving it what it needs, putting it on, it will signal the plant to carry on growing, you know, the bushy growth, mm -hmm. becoming a bigger plant. Um, if they do start to set fruit and set too many chili peppers, then that will really hold them back. Um, so it's a good idea to do it if you've got the time, essentially, is what I would say. But also don't stress if you get one or two. Right, right. And the other question about was, pinching, uh, pinching off the top of chili plants to make them bushier. That sounds yeah, so that, to me that, that sounds like I would do that, you know, because you kind of do that on other plants and that. Yeah, with chilies. So with chilies, it's called topping, and the issue with topping in the UK is that it does set them back a few weeks of growth. You know, all 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 the time that you take off. Uh, a new growth, the same with kind of tomato side shoots. You're, you're kind of taking energy from the plant. And in my opinion, and this is a, a very opinionated kind of debate about topping or not, mm. um, in my opinion, you are setting your plant back unnecessarily if you're growing in the UK. Right. That's the key. Right. Because you, you might improve the, you might have a bushier growth structure, but your plant should do that over time anyway. And in the UK, we're always kind of up against the clock, you know, unless you've started your plants really early in like January, then you, there's probably a case for topping. But generally, right. you're going to be racing to get to September, you know, when you want the fruit harvests, mm. September, October. So topping is, it can be a bit risky. I wouldn't right. do it unless you were really confident that you had lots of time left this year. You see that that's the thing with, with me, kind of. Ne there's never enough season time. It it always seems to kind of run short, and it's like the the dark days just cut straight away. Do you know what I mean? So I hope that's I hope that's Shandy. Hey, your age, lad. I hope that's bloody Shandy. <laughs> Audrey, what what yeah. um, what about you for like chilies and stuff? What because it's obviously a different climate over there. You got a lot more heat. Right. Um, I used to top my ch my hot peppers, the chilies, um, and I found that I got more, but they were very small. So I did not do anything this year, and I'm actually going to do a video on this. My peppers have actually, or the chilies, have started to branch into two all on their own. Hmm. And I feel like that doesn't set the plant back. That's not going to affect the quality of the peppers. So I'm going to see how that goes this year. Now, I heard actually, Audrey, that, you know, you can you can have like peppers split up and you actually almost encourage them to like run up. This was like in America somewhere to run up to, to you know, a bit like aubergines and that. Is that what, you know, two stems? Is that what you aim to achieve or does it just happen? It happens. It just happened. And 
I don't run them up um, any kind of structure. I put a tomato cage around them and just let them do their thing. Right. Um, yeah. Oh. Stephen, what about you? Stephen as well? I can hear your background noises playing up pretty loud there. I can hear as as the TV or something's going coming in there. Oh, oh, with with the peppers. Um, I mean, I was always taught, and I, I always had the best crop. By when when the peppers come up and they split into two, you prune one side off and away to leave the other one carrying on. And then it'll split again further up, and you just prune it again, and so you get one stem all the way up. Right, and you right. Better peppers, and they ripen better as well. I wonder where, because this was um, what I seen. It was a video. It was like I don't know if it was the the, the gentleman that invented the kind of Carolina Reaper, but it was something of in, like a big video. He had like the two stems going up, and more peppers away. So. I think if you've thinking. got the weather for it, like like Audrey's got, then I think you you're okay to let them run away. But it's like JB says, you know, if you top your chilies, you that's wasted growth, and that's another method that's used with normal sweet peppers as well is to chop the tops out to get them to push out. I tried that a couple of years, and it was a complete waste of time. I ended up with loads of unripe peppers. But yeah, there you I, go. I, I, to be honest, I haven't. I've got chilies. Thanks to uh, Nick Elliott, and but I'm not doing peppers because I just end up with like a load, like say green ones, and I like green ones. Don't get us wrong, but they're just like for I just use them basically for a bolognese sauce to give it a bit of bite. But not one ripened last year, and I had loads. Do you know what I mean? It was like basket full of them. But I was my, you know, in northeast here, the season just ended pretty quickly, and none of this just putting like in bananas in bags and all that nonsense didn't work. You know, trying to get them right that way. I mean, if I get that same growth again and I get so many peppers on as I had a couple of years ago, I'm just going to prune them off, eat the green ones and leave the rest on the plant to, to ripen, just give the plant less to do mm. in that allotted time. Is peppers, Audrey, for you like a, a main crop? You can kind of just, you leave them and they just d d multiply I just, multiply? Well, uh, yes, kind of. I just, <laughs> I, no, I, I don't mean that frivolously. I mean, I plant them. Uh, with good stuff, you know, good fertilizer, and I fertilize every two weeks with just an organic fish fertilizer. And right. my whole garden gets that, and they do great. And the, the the ripen and go like big red bell peppers. Yeah, and unless I leave them until the end of like I get close to the end of October, then I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like whatever is is. So, so the end of October for you, that kind of the light fades as well, does it? Yes, and the nighttime temps get well below fifty, and they don't like that at all. Right, I uh, well, oh. found, found that out. Actually, they don't like they don't like under sixty. Which wait, let me do it in my head. Fifteen degrees Celsius. Uh, they just don't like it. <laughs> that was quick, Audrey. That was very quick. I'm yeah. working on my game here. I'm, you know. <laughs> well, it's up to you to kind of you know keep it right because it's it's you're the one that's thrown out the equation. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I've just noticed there, let's have a look. Kate Dykers is asking, has anyone grown cucumbers up against sunflowers? I know we're going to talk about sunflowers there. Now, I haven't. I don't know if anybody, has anybody tried growing them? I mean, I don't even have success growing them outside, to be honest. Again, like a bit mildewy and nothing. In, in the polytunnel, 
loads and loads and loads. You know what I mean? So, JP, have you tried anything with cucumbers? Like, well, you haven't grown a sunflower, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, generally, to be to be honest, I've never tried you know growing a trailing plant up another plant. Um, I think it just introduces that bit of risk, you know, like it, because then you've got plants depending on each other. At least if you've got a cucumber trailing up a bamboo cane with mm -hmm. with some um, twine, you know, it's a bit more, it's less prone to risk. Um, and I'm not oh. a very confident gardener. So. <laughs> and you being, you know, like, like a southerner, should we say, you know what I mean? You've got like <laughs> different climate down there. Can you, are you happy to grow cucumbers outside? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've had quite good success with um, outdoor cucumbers. Um, I think it's market more that I, I plant outside generally. And yeah, it does really well. Um, like I say, my, my greenhouse is always reserved for the chili peppers. So everything else gets turfed out apart from the tomatoes. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, they, they do they do all right outside. They do get a bit of, you know, aphids. And like you were saying, they get a bit mildewy towards the end of the season. But that's just one of those things. You know, it doesn't seem to really affect the health of the plant. Right. No, I haven't... Uh really hadn't well there's a few things haven't been successful at you know what i mean we'll start at radishes but steve what about you then are you uh because you're kind of basically opposite me on on the land we know you weren't kind of directly opposite each other but you're inland which our you know way way colder than these temperate claims what are you can you manage don't say yes no problem because then <laughs> there's obviously something wrong with me <laughs> i did manage them about Eight, nine years ago, uh, I got a very, very small crop off one plant, but the plant was just thrown in, to be honest. It was just filling a hole, a space in the in the bed. But I am trying them again this year. I've got three types of uh, cucumbers this year that, I've, that I'm growing in the, in the greenhouse at the minute. So, and one of them is an outdoor ridge type, so we're going to give them a go and see. And when you're growing in the polyton, you've got no problems, you get massive crops, I, I guess... Sometimes, I mean, it depends on, on the start of the life of the plant. If it gets a good start, it will be a good plant. But sometimes, you know, our weather this far north isn't conducive to growing good plants sometimes, no matter what you what you do. Mm, so it's always a juggling act. Oh, I, I, tell us about it. Do you know what I mean? It's just uh, getting things up at the moment to the polytunnel and then checking, constantly checking temperatures and checking yeah. the weather apps. You know what I mean? It's just like... Like see, see, what was that, Steve? My, my missus just told me about half an hour before I came on air. We've got thunderstorms coming, apparently. Right. <laughs> we had that last night. Right. We've had, uh, like, a real heavy rains throughout the day today. So, I mean, it's lovely out there now, a nice warm temperature. But like you see, I'm just constantly kind of checking temperatures and... Because the last thing I want is this young kid to whip, whip me backside on. Uh... <laughs> right, let's. Uh, have I got anything to ask? Uh... Can I can I say something about the cucumbers? Audrey, and the you you certainly corn? can. I, I you know it works with beans because beans naturally spin around something. You know when they're even growing up a pole, they will naturally twist themselves. I don't know that cucumbers do that. So they might be able to cling on with their tendrils, but I don't know what I. You'd have to watch that a lot. Mm -hmm. I think if you did that, it's when, now you mentioned it, Audrey. Right? Because I'm 
I'll normally grow mine in the the kind I put them on all is in them green duo grows right. you know, the tubs there with like right. the self-watering ones yep. and although there's like string going up basically you've got to put them you know either wrap them round the string or use them little tomato clips because they're not yeah right. the tendrils do seem to cling on but right but they have to find it first, yeah right uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's wonder, probably... i don't know that corn would be i don't know never done it but you'd have to watch mm. that i think that's um probably a good little bit Advice there. So Audrey saying no. <laughs> I didn't do it. No. Don't even I try it, it Kate. It God. Fancy asking that. Work. It just might be more attention <laughs> to be given. Probably better to grow them as a ground cover, sort of akin to the three sisters, to take the place of the squash. Aye, aye, you could there. Uh, mm. I seen. Now, who was it? Do um, it was. The lovely greens. She made like a little bit of a like a slope and trellis, and had them going up. You know, and I tried that, but again, it just obviously we're a little bit too, or I'm a little bit too further north for outside cucumbers. I, I think it's just because you had to build it in the first place. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. I'll put it wasn't very good neither, to be honest. But it's. Uh, it's you know my my DIY skills are something for you to be um, <laughs> desired. Jobs well, to do lie. this week. I've got a little note on my phone there saying jobs to do this week. So Audrey, what are you doing this week? Uh, I'm finishing hardening off tomatoes, so they will go in uh, probably by the end of the week. Uh, I have still some spring onions to put in that are been growing quite well i have some lettuces that need to go in uh just i just sowed all my sunflowers uh all of my zinnias and what else did we sow uh that might be it since the last time right it's been a lot of moving plant i mean this is like busy season first right uh. now around our house it goes out, it comes in, it goes out. Now it goes in the shade, now it goes out in the sun. Yeah. So it's like, a little little crazy right now. Are you, like, really obsessed about that? Because I, I get to the point where I've had enough. Do you know what I mean? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in and out, in and out. I'm thinking, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to put them up in the bloody pot. And I, probably that's why I lost them last time, just too impatient. But I had about six, eight, maybe... 10 baskets in and out every day, then trying to put them back in the, the polytunnel. Do you know what I mean? So I'm guessing well, with that, you, though, you must have no, loads. But that's a price you pay for trying to get a jump on the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously. And I think it's a worthwhile price because you'll yeah. actually get some. See, that's like, me. that's like me being told, right? You eat your greens, Tony. You know what I mean? It's worth it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stephen, does well, it get? Does it? Sorry, Audrey, go on. What? No, I was going to say you have been known to be slightly impatient, so oh, I get that. Oh God, oh, yes. <laughs> but is do you think that's all of it? Or I mean, I know you and Steve are just like I'm not going to say obsessed, but like rigid with your kind of you know, like this is the best way. Do you not? Sometimes okay. just well, think, oh, let's just take no. them up. Oh yeah, I have done that sometimes. Like I get tired of it, and it's like let's just plant them out. Mm -hmm. But I might put a shade cloth over them for a few days. Yeah. So, you know, so you can kind of cheat that a little bit if you're willing to 
running around with cloths and um so with my tomatoes i still might we'll put them out and just leave them under shade cloth for a couple of days do you think Audrey, that you might get a, a frost is it looking likely or do you can oh, no, never tell well i think we're done mm-hmm. but then old man winter comes up and goes really here's mm-hmm. a 30 degree night for you um so in that case obviously you do everything you can with what's in the ground but um yeah you can cheat it a little bit tony if you want to well that's faff for around, as you put it faff <laughs> around with shade claws yes. i like to cheat you know what i mean i don't like hard work that's what it is gb when we're talking about we're just like you're kind of wandering there but we're talking about like chilies and putting them out when oh yeah I'm, I'm writing this down as north when are you actually putting your chilies out <laughs> uh, the, so you asked what we're up to this week and i'm spending a lot of time just in the greenhouse willing everything to hurry up and grow so i can get the chilies in there um there's <laughs> so i've got like loads of stuff that is just almost ready to go out probably most of my curcubits can go out now uh, i've got loads of squashes and cucumbers um, and all, all that kind of stuff ready to go and they're probably just about big enough maybe one more week right. like maybe four days but the worst bit is um, i've got a gutter full of main peas and their germination was awful. I don't know why. All my early peas were fine. They were raring to go. And my main crop peas have been really slow. So I've just sowed absolutely loads more in the gutter. Like, go, go, go. But and one, what about, out, though? What yeah. about, because you, you, you're kind of dodging the question there. What about your chilies? When are you putting your chilies out? <laughs> when there's space. That's what I mean, because they stay in the greenhouse. So I've got to get all of my seedling. Because I've just got. All oh, right. You're just going to keep them. The, are they in the greenhouse now, are they? No, no, they're all, all right. in my conservatory. See, he's, he's baffling this guy. He's, he's like a politician. When are you putting <laughs> your chilies in the greenhouse? Just a simple answer. It's one of those plants on. Yeah, it just depends when the plants are ready. So um, I've got loads of salads and stuff that I can probably go out now. They've all recovered because I had a really bad um, compost for like all of my brassicas, all of my lettuce seedlings. They were all so far behind. Like three, I lost kind of three weeks. Right. Really. Um, and I, I like to get them a little bigger before I put them out so that they don't immediately get slugged. I put out a few lettuces um, last week and they're still in the ground. <laughs> they haven't gone. But that's a good sign. Um, so it's all going to happen in the next kind of two weeks. And as well, I've just found a new greenhouse um, that someone's oh. giving away on Facebook Marketplace. And I saw it and I was like, ah, I could do the second <laughs> greenhouse because <laughs> then I won't, I won't have this problem. I can have a, a dedicated greenhouse for all my peppers. They mm-hmm. can come up as soon as the frosts are done. That's when generally I move them into the greenhouse when there's no frost risk um, and they'll, they'll crack on and do their thing. And then I can have the other greenhouse for maybe some cucumbers, melons. Um, I've had some nice melon germination. So yeah, it's busy. There's right. lots at the moment. And oh. as well, and as well, sorry to hog the microphone. No, I'm no, waiting but... for my... My purple spraying broccoli to finish um, properly setting seed. So I've got loads, um, but the the actual seed pods are taking ages to develop. I really want to harvest my own because um, there's meant to be loads of benefits to actually, you know, growing purple spraying broccoli from seed in the same place. Um, Charles Dowding was talking a bit about how purple spraying broccoli seed is a bit unreliable. So if you can harvest your own, it's a good idea. Right, and so my beds are still full of massive purple spring broccoli plants, so my brassicas can't quite go out yet. But it's, they're not big enough to go out yet. No, it's funny. There. It's funny, GP. I was just thinking there because I was thinking the other day. Right, these beds are, you know, it's almost like three quarters of the 
my sprouting broccoli is like flowering away, and I'm I'm not gonna you know do the seeds. I'll just kind of just impatient to buy them and for next year. But it's they need to be out. Do you know what I mean? So that it's yeah. obviously a time now to start even thinking about that. You know, like getting because yeah. in for me now it's up oh, the little dogs coming. It's now thinking like. Which beds can I reuse? Do you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. beds are starting to kind of. I'm using up my beds now, and I need to kind of start thinking. Right, I can get spring onions in there later, and that. Yeah. So yes, Stephen. Yes. Now listen. Let's put you on there. You've been doing some compost trials. I have, and I've you oh. sent us a, you sent us a picture over, and I'll see if I can get this picture on there now. There we go. Now, can you see that, Stephen? That picture. I can indeed, yeah. Right. Now, Stephen sent me some seeds, and they're mine on the left, and that's Stephen's on the right. <laughs> 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 right, so, no, no, go on. Steve, what, tell me what we're looking at here. <clears throat> well, in the in the blue tray is um, peat compost. It's the cheapest I could buy, and I bought a load this year. <clears throat> the tray on the right is this stuff that was touted to me as rocket fuel, and it's from a biodigester. But um, you can see that the peaked one has done incredibly well. Same seeds in each, a packet in each. Um, but the biodigester stuff, the one on the right, is quite far behind the other one, as you can see. But as I, you know, when we were talking about it, me and JB the other day, He's saying it's fairly conclusive. I'm not so sure because all it's showing to me right now is that it's no good for germinating seeds. I say it was touted as rocket fuel, and I do think, and I'm I'm testing the theory now, that it would be better to use as a feed to go in with a plant. So we'll see where this leads, and hopefully this biodigester tray will catch up and outperform the one on the left. Because I was mentioning to you as well that you know we used to kind of do this on like say sewage works in 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 the UK when I was working for the Thumbnail Ward. I'm doing the sewage works ones. I'll just um, have to get rid of that picture. And it was just we were always kind of told you know like had gallons of this and we used to spread it on farmers' fields, but it wasn't really there wasn't much you know goodness there. Now there's two different like water. There's like fresh water, so there's no we use chlorine to kill all the germs, so there's no goodness. Then there's the sewage, which is a goodness one. Do you know what, what this has come from and where this has come from when you say it's digested? Is it from, like, a like a, a treatment works, a water treatment works, or...? No, it's from a farm. and they You might see them when you're off and around the country. Um, they're like a, a big half dome uh, in the middle of the field, and they fill them through with their ingredients as it heats up it heats up the water or the steam which turns the turbine makes electricity which they sell back to the grid that's that's the product that they're making the waste product is the stuff that they're throwing out and that's in that tray called digestate now that's a mix of um in this case it's pig muck he's got um pigs there that he looks after collects up all the pig muck, that goes in the digester, and he grows his own wheat and his own rye, and there's another ingredient, I can't remember what it is, might be wood chip that he puts in there, and it all rots down with the composting process, so at the end, you've got a process, you know, you've got a a whole heap of uh, compost. Mm -hmm. Just, like you see, it's touted as rocket fuel, but I know you're saying, like, germination. What, 
I guess you've had a look today, Stephen, kind of seeing what it's like today. What are like now? Are they catching up to them? Because that peat one just looks like it's, you know, and I know we're not supposed to use it, and there's a law to say we can't soon. So, yeah. is it, do you think it's going to be a viable product? Well, only only time will tell, really. And I think for, for the seeds, it's not good. I mean, I've also got some pictures, which I can't really show right now, of some beans that I'm testing for the same reason. Again, in peat compost and some in the biodigestate. Now, the, the peak one is far and above, far and away ahead of the other one, but the other one is coming. And I think this is the beans is where we'll see the real difference, um, hopefully, because bean plants grow so quick and so well. I'm hoping that the biodigestate one very quickly catches up with the peat-based one and then overtakes it and then produces better. Could you use... Could you use it in um, like potato buckets or? Could do, yeah. You know, because you, you're adding in your kind of compost aid or your, your goodness and everything like that. So, could you? Well, that's you... what. In in my last video, the tomatoes one, where I'm planting them, I put four plants and I've put this biodigestate in four plants and in the other four plants i've used the same type of stuff but manufactured by another company down in somerset uh, who finish their process with the digester and then they make it into a proper formulated compost and sell it bagged up so i'm testing the two one against each other just to see mm -hmm. if there's any difference in those as well right right well, it's like no, you see that picture. I love that picture, to be honest, because it was like, to me, it was night and day. You know, it was a oh, great yeah. little, like, when you're doing your test, it's a good, that's a, you know what I mean? A good kind of touchstone that something's better than something else, you know, doing a job. Well, we know, I mean, we know, for instance, that um, most compost run out of steam after six weeks. So after six weeks, we might see the tray on the left start to die off whereas the tray on the right might mm -hmm. still be powering away. It could be going for eight, nine weeks. And we know that if we put a, a lettuce in the ground outside and pick from that, we know it's going to last 12 weeks. So it's a good test to do. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just see the results. But even so, at the end of the day, it's still just two trays of stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'll start another one off in, uh, in another week or so, but I'll do it with three trays this time. Peat compost the formulated uh, biodigestate and then the raw biodigestate and then just see again. What, it's um, just to give me an indication. I mean, I guess it's good for a, a filler for beds, you know what I mean, like a mix. Yeah. So you can add it, you know, like you say, to a mix and keep it all, especially like, say, you're trying to fill them beds, if you can get that stuff as cheap as chips, that might be, yeah. you know what I mean, just to kind of top it up and, you know, when people are using... They're getting a new allotment, putting cardboard down, a few bags of proper compost, a few bags of this stuff, you know. So, well, I can get it by the trailer full. I am in talks with somebody about sort of sorting that out for local people. Uh, if it's a, if it's a viable thing, if it works, then you know I can get a trailer for myself and then get a trailer for somebody else, or we can bag it up ourselves and sell it on, you know, whatever. Mm. But to get this stuff out there, because I know next year the compost industry is just going to be in a, know, in a mess next year. It really is. Make your own. Audrey, were you going to say something there? I was going to ask Steve a question. I was watching Nigel from Muddy Boots 
last week, and he was using Bathgate's uh, Champion, which Champions is apparently are... yes, um, and it's a peat-free compost, and he was loving it. Yeah, it's a, again, it's one of those things of supply and demand. A lot of the okay. compost are sort of regional based. It's like oh, one of the main, one of the main sorts of uh, peat-free compost in a minute is, I think it's Melcourt, but that only appears yeah. to be available in large population centres. So places like wow. London or Glasgow, that sort of thing, difficult to get hold of. Okay, okay. I was pretty sure you were aware of it. I just thought when he was talking about it, I thought, wow, he seemed very happy with it. So, and it looks good as well. Yeah, if you can't get it, you can't get it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the first kind of hurdle across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got uh, Fletchy Babe is asking, now, I don't know, West West or for me, I think it's called, what's the best blood fishing bone brand you've all used? I mean, I've never really taken much notice of the brand. I just kind of threw it in. Steve, have you got any thoughts on the best brand? Or do you... Are you, you, no, are you a money-conscious just... guard, Darren? Just go for that. I'll have that cheapest one. You mean a tight arse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I go, I go with... Um, I, I used to get mine from Singleton's, but then supply became difficult for them a couple of years ago. So I swapped, swapped to Elixir, uh, and I now get all my fish, blood, and bone from them. Right. It's... What's it called? I, I can't, someone will have to remind. Is it West... West doors or Westland. Westland is it? That's that's who I've yeah. used for, that. and that's just purely because it, it's obviously the the main one that comes up on Amazon, and it's like yeah. next day delivery. There's no kind of thought, like process of what's a better one. What what what, Steve? What do you with your Alexia? What is it? Seem all right? Yeah, it's it's been fine. I'm so I've been using it now for about three or four years. Um, it's Alexia Garden products and. Aye. They do a lot of good stuff. I think I've had half my potato buckets I got off them as well. Right. right. It was good. Gee, I mean, because I've so much stuff off them, every so often I call them up and I tell them what I want to pay for things. You see? You see that? The old bugger, He's doing eh? it right, isn't eh? he? doesn't even look at the price. Can I just speak to the manager, please? Can we just <laughs> exactly. have some Can we have some authority on this board call? <laughs> GB, are you, does it ever concern you what... What brand, or are you just kind of... Total tight ass. Literally, mm -hmm. whatever I spot, a big box in Wilco is the one that I normally go for. But it's something I'd never really thought about, you know, whether or not all blood, fish, and bone is created equal. Mm -hmm. I just kind of never really thought about it and just assumed it's all probably... Well, the cheaper one's mind is blood, blood, fish, and donkey. So I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's really up to you if you're, kinda, if you're into that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Audrey, what's what's the the? Pro I mean, I don't even know any products over there in America. What's um, is it something you yeah, we, use a lot or? Uh, we don't. I, I'm. Let's say this. Not that I'm aware of. We don't have a thing called blood, fish, and bone. Uh, we <laughs> it have bone meal. Hideous, doesn't it? <laughs> I, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, we have bone meal and we have blood meal, and I use that discriminately depending on what I'm planting, but I usually just plant with my mycorrhizal which i love and a uh a, a, like an organic time release when i'm planting and then i water everything every two weeks 
with a fish emulsion, organic fish emulsion. Audrey, can we talk about this microarisal thing? Because is this oh, not just... Favorite. I'm an evangelist for is that. Is this well. not just mumbo-jumbo gardening? You know, a bit like no. dousing crystals and, you know, homeopathy <laughs> you know, and all that thing. <laughs> if I had to dance around the plants and fling it in the air, I would still do that if it helped. Well, I'll so, tell you, I've never, uh, Audrey, I've never kind of taken it that seriously, but I watched, and I encourage everyone to go and watch Steve's video, his latest one on, on tomato planting, just fantastic, and I'm set to see if I'm going to nick every idea. But <laughs> even Steve, you know, like when he says, you know, this kind of almost natural way like roots tap into other roots and it's all a network under the now i know the no dig and the kind of you know the spores you know and without disturbing them but this and i'm sure even steve was wobbling a bit you know i mean this kind of idea like the tap into other roots and you know pull life from there and plants give plants extra life and extra boost how are you audrey man yeah Okay, I think... <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing this as the devil's advocate. I hope you understand. I know, that's okay, because I, I will still be an evangelist for this. Um, it actually helps. It's a natural occurring fungus in soil. So we're just adding more that's already in the soil, and it helps roots attach to water and nutrients. I mean, that's the biggie. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want their roots to have more water and nutrients? But what I about mean, this kind of tapping into other roots? So is it is that what it's encouraging to tap into other plants' roots? Or that is that is beyond my understanding. And I have not done a video on this yet because I believe you have to be able to explain something with no notes to fully understand it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm still doing some research on that. I've not heard about the the root. Uh, root to root thing, but that doesn't shock me, and that sounds very nature to me that they would help each other out. But I mean, I, I'm I'm going to try and get some. Do you know what I mean? I'll get some and try because I'm one of them kind of you know fingers behind the back just in case it works. I'm a believer. You know what I mean? I'm one of them kind of guy. And if it doesn't work, well, I told you so. I told you it wouldn't work, but I'm always well, just in the case. First, <laughs> the first year I used it, I'm telling you, my tomatoes and peppers were crazy good. They were very, very strong, uh, vibrant plants. And now, you know, could it have been the weather? Could it have been the way the wind was blowing? I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, if it's a placebo, fine. And, and I could, use, I and I could use it on radishes, could I? I'm using <laughs> it this year on everything but brassicas because they do not, they do not, they have things within their roots that negate what's being added in that case. So I'm doing it on, my flowers are getting it this year. Right. I'm like, right, let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's just see what happens. So how did you come across the, the kind of brassicas doing like it? Where is that information coming from? I've done a little reading on it, and there's and, I, and forgive me, again, still need to do more research, but accordingly, what I've read, brassicas, because of their roots, uh, maybe the enzymes, whatever they're looking for, they do not necessarily attach to mycorrhizal. Mm. Steven. But I, I'm continuing my homework, so... Well, we'll have to watch that video when it comes out. Stephen, yeah. I know you kind of you you did that and you started sprinkling on, and it is this the first time you've used it in on? I think you mentioned this on on tomato plants, which is like a yearly 
crop. What, what's, what's your take on this micro-arisal mumbo-jumbo? I've, <laughs> I've only used it on <laughs> bloody mumbo-jumbo. Mumbo -jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've only used it on one type of annual plant before, and that was my giant pumpkins. Now, when you grow giant pumpkins, I'll tell you two stories. The giant pumpkins first. When you grow them, I was growing them over an area of 40 foot by 20 foot. And you've got to get in there and prune the plants when you're growing them. So I put little stepping stones everywhere, little bits of wood and little bits of flagstones. At the end of the season, when you lift them up, you see the pumpkin roots have filled the soil. You can see the little white roots. The first year I used mycorrhizal, I could barely see the soil because there was that much white there, which is the mycorrhizal roots. So I know they, it does grow and it does encourage it, but I've never really thought to bother using it on annual plants simply because they're in and out so quickly. But I used mycorrhizal probably 20, 25 years ago. When oh, I was, God. Can you remember that long ago? <laughs> Yeah, well, I was uh, involved in a fishing club and we were trying to reclaim and strengthen some bankside on the River Thames. And we were planting a lot of trees and things. And we got this mycorrhizal as a new thing. This, this ranger turned up with it and said, try this with your trees. So we'd already planted 300 or so of these trees and we planted another 300 or so after. And all those that were treated with the mycorrhizal, within three years, they were sort of four or five foot taller than the rest bushier and greener and just better and healthier so i've been convinced right. ever since then and i've always used it now for any shrub or anything that's going to be in for longer than a year but i also know that um muddy boots as audrey mentioned earlier he uses it in his hanging baskets mm -hmm. and he says that, that that works in there because the hyphae which are the really fine roots on on um on the mycorrhizal, really get into the soil and find those nutrients and he gets better flowers in his hanging basket. So there's lots to talk about. The thing where I doubt is that the bit where they say where the trees talk to each other and say, hey, I, I need a bit more food, I'm hungry. I'll send you some over. <laughs> a little bit of an issue with that. But, um, yeah, I've not I'm, heard that one. I've not heard that one before. So, JB, what about you then? Are you... Um... Into it. Yeah, have you well, used it? Be uh, I've never used it, you know. I've never used the product, but I mean, the science of mycorrhizal relationships is pretty well understood. That that part is definitely not mumbo jumbo. Um, you know, I've got a bit of an ecological background. And oh, here we go. Hey, bring about, out yeah, the sorry. degree. <laughs> oh, let's, let's get the kids <laughs> ship out the degree there. <laughs> there you go, JB. Well, Come, uh, <laughs> Come on. Don't bite, lad. Don't bite. Um, one of the most valuable things about ancient woodland um, is, I mean, the trees are fantastic, obviously, but one of the things that is so fantastic is the undisturbed soil and the, the crazy communities that you get in the soil and those mycorrhizal relationships. The thing that I'm not convinced on about the product, I mean, I've, I've never tried it. I'm certainly willing to do so. Um, sounds like lots of people have got good anecdotal stuff and it, it might have been well studied, but I think they only use two or three species of actual fungus and if you've got good healthy soil you should have you know 20 30 hundreds of potential fungal species already doing that in your soil so um you know i think it's one of those classic things where if you feed your soil and maybe the no diggers are uh, slightly ahead of the game on that one but uh, i'd certainly try it 
Does just out of curiosity, Jimmy? Does uh, Chili Chump use it on his chilies or? He does. Yeah, he's just oh. started doing it. Right, um, and right. he's he included it in his latest video on his Wait soil I mix. Need to, I just need to order it from Amazon then before the kid gets it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I should have stolen some from him, but uh, yeah, he thinks it makes a difference. And right. you only need a very small amount. Right. Steve, a, what were you going to say? Oh, wait on, I've got you muted because your, your microphone's bleeding into the... Go on, sorry. Uh, just simply that um, when you when you dig into a, into a soil, that's when you're breaking the mycorrhizal network that already exists in there. And I use it, and my understanding of it has always been to heal that mycorrhizal network and make the connection between your plants and what's already there in your soil. So you're not creating a whole new mycorrhizal system. You're just trying to break what you've severed by digging a hole to put the plants in. So forgive us again for being so naive, but what what actually is, you know, when you buy the product, what are you actually buying? Are you buying a manufactured, like, man-made product or are you buying something that's an organic Strip as somebody, as some producer, going to a field and stripping the microrhizal from the field just to give it to you. Anybody, Audrey, what do you say? Well, if it's a fungus, I would assume they could grow it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know that they have to strip it from the ground, you might need a few spores to get it going, but I think that fungus just grows. Just I uh, so it's just um... yeah, it's, it's I think that's a very simple thing to just grow, but Able? I think they're also think they're also probably stable stabilized spores, because it comes as a dry product, so I would imagine there's a whole lot of uh, chemistry to get it, you know that you can package it that you can use it and then it can activate maybe after you add water, mm -hmm. so that it stays somewhat self self stable shelf stable excuse me. I think it might be a, a byproduct of the mushroom industry. Um, I've seen it when when they're growing mushrooms. They've got huge amounts of this mycorrhizal network on their trays in these dark tunnels or sheds wherever they grow them, and it it's it's visible. Really, there's an awful lot, and I'm wondering if that's probably where they harvest it from as a a starting point, anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, and they don't and they don't employ anybody to douse them with crystals or anything like that. That's I've never heard that. Eh? Is that right, Audrey? They, have trees, they, have that. Trees, they have trees dancing around talking <laughs> to each other. Well, like, honestly, like you say, I'm going to use it. I see because I asked Steve for a link for the bag he used, and he's got a big bag of it. So you know what I mean? It's like again, fingers behind me back. I, you know what I mean? I, I swear by this stuff if it works. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's the the best stuff in the world. Well. we'll bring up mumbo jumbo again if it works for you <laughs> audrey just then how long have you been using it maybe about um five years right and what how did you get introduced to it uh you know i don't remember quite frankly uh but i did some a little research on it and i thought i'm giving this a shot and right. i noticed the first year i had better more vibrant plants Oh, it makes you wonder. Makes but you wonder. I'm I'm really I'm really going like going all in with it this year, so well, I'm going to give it a shot. It what? Oh, do you right? That mean so you're doing everything, are you? Apart from your brassicas, yeah, flowers. Right. Yeah, apart from brassicas, I'm giving it to everybody. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. You should do half and half. Do a bit of an experiment. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to wreck an entire growing season. 
<laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not that good of a. Oh, let's just try this. No, I don't have that much space. Steve, could you Steve's could take the a tester. football field? Steve's the. Yes. Steve, this might be a one for you. Dion is saying, um, "Does comfy feed go off?" No, I don't think so. so I don't it, think so. At all. Right. So you make it in your bucket. You put your leaves in. You leave it. It goes a disgusting smell. That surely yeah. that must go off eventually, though. No, I don't think so. I mean, I've got a big barrel of it outside my polytunnel. There's two barrels out there. I can smell um, it from here. Oh, you probably can. <laughs> but I, made, I made those at the end of last summer, last year. They're still there, and I'll be using them within, over the next couple of months. Uh-huh. And then I'll get a few more barrels on. Or I might just keep adding to it, put more comfrey in it. But there's a hell of a sludge in there now. GB, <laughs> oh, have you ever used comfrey? I cannot use, not that I cannot use it, but I haven't got the space to kind of grow it. I guess like Steve's, you know, got like the, the whole of Cumbria to kind of grow it there in his allotment. <laughs> I certainly can't, you know what I mean? It's, it's a big plant. It's a, it, it spreads. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, you got to get the bucking 14, haven't you? Yeah. You don't want it to spread. And um, I don't have space for it, really. Um, I do nettle tea um, because my plot neighbor you what? has always got lots oh, of nettles. Oh, that's, I'll um, write that one so down, do Fudd. <laughs> yeah, I do a nettle composty tea thing, and that, that's much more rich in nitrogen. You know, comfrey is meant to be amazing for the, um, the yeah, flowering stages. Yeah, which would be nice. What you, need, really, Tony, so. what you need, Tony, is another plot. I know. I know, and that's what I mean. I've sent the email. I'm just telling everyone if I've just told Steve before and whether they'll get back in touch. But the one above me that you always see me walking through, it now hasn't been touched for a year. Now, I'm not sure if we're allowed to have two plots, do you know what I mean? But the idea would be lovely to kind of to get it just to kind of start from fresh. But to be honest, I know it sounds like plastic using plastic, but I'll cover half with black plastic. And just try and concentrate because his turnips are going to see the nearly the height of me, you know what I mean? And I don't know, I haven't seen him for a year, so I don't know if he's kind of ill or just given up, you know what I mean? So I kind of sent an email off to South Tyneside Council, but whether, you know what I mean? I, have, I don't know if they're just waiting because now's the time where you pay your subs. And I for, actually forgot to pay my subs for me, and I think it was £101. Four pence. That's dangerous. I got the reminder. You got the reminder there, Mister Smith. <laughs> just a little reminder that you need to pay your allotment fee there. So, yes. <laughs> so we'll wait and see if that if that comes off or not. And be nice to kind of have a bit more land, but be a bit of hard work. But I'm. I was actually just going to follow the kind of Charlie Dowden method, like I say, black. Well, not maybe the black plastic. He doesn't subscribe to it. Cardboard. Then compost, mm-hmm. so it looks like a, a garden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then pl- plenty of mycorrhizal powder thrown all over Audrey. Well, well, good luck with getting the compost for it. I know that's the <laughs> that's the. Well, I I was gonna just, you know, if it ever came off, just ask the council. You know, ask the lad who runs the the allotments. You know, what I mean? is there any chance of getting a load up from the council? You know, like the, the kind of homemade stuff, what they do. So, hmm. Can I mention that I just bought a Bocking 14, Humphrey? Oh, uh, should be coming this week because I didn't want a spready one because I, you know, I only have so much room. 
but I'm going to try it as a chop and drop. I'm not going to make stinky tea. I'm just going to try it as a chop and drop and see how it works. So when would you do that? Audrey, at the end of the season, just cut it and then just throw it on your garden? Depending on, I don't know how big this is coming, and I imagine maybe I have to let it uh, grow for a year. I'm going to kind of see how big the plant is. But I thought even when I re- like plant new things in the bed, I might just throw some in the bottom of the hole for the new plant. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Steve, what what's your take on that? Would that Audrey? What Audrey's going to do work? Well, we don't got your it's, um, it's brilliant stuff. I mean, you can use it. If you use it, chop and drop. Apparently, the the slugs go for it. And they'll leave your plants alone. I've used it on lettuce, and I've seen the slugs eating the lettuce rather than, uh, sorry, eating the comfrey rather than eating the lettuce. Well, yeah, you can plant it with plants. You can put it in your compost heap to help accelerate that and speed that up. You're making a comfrey tea. It could, uh, it's a wonder stuff, and it grows so easily. You only need an inch piece of root, and it doesn't matter which way up you put it in the pot to grow it. It'll grow, and... So it's when you're saying, Steve, when you're saying there that you're putting it with your lettuce and that, so you're actually feeding your soil as your your season's progressing. You're not waiting until the end of the season. Yeah, if I've if I've got it available, if I haven't chopped it and put it into a barrel to make tea, I'll put it in with plants if I'm planting that week, or use it as a mulch if I need to. Just whatever I want to do with it, because mm-hmm. I'll get probably five harvests a year off it. And, it, and between each each harvest, it will grow for four, nearly five foot tall. So you it's must be able to keep you must be able to keep it under control by using it. So how how big a patch has it grown for you? Or is it manageable? Yeah, it is because it's Bocking fourteen. It's a sterile plant. It's a Russian variety, and uh, it doesn't set seeds because it's sterile. So it only grows by root division, and it only grows where you plant it. You've just mm. got to be careful where you plant it because once it's there, it's almost next to impossible to get rid of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's is it like say raspberries? You know how they kind of they send out vines and then the. The pop-up—it's no. not like that, is it? Not? No, 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 not at all. It'll just grow in the spot that you, as long as you don't try and move the plant, as long as you don't break the roots and you know, half dig it up and let roots go somewhere else. And another thing you've got to be careful of as well is if you pot a little root cutting on, don't put it on the soil because it will grow into that rapid. And once it's grown into the soil, a new plant will grow from there in a couple of months' time. So you've just got to be careful how you use it. Mm-hmm. Where um, you grow there, is, it. there is actually plants, comfrey plants, on the, the, our plot, you know what I mean? But and actually in, in like the hedgerow as you walk up. But, yeah, yeah for me, it's like, oh, don't, you know what I mean? Once it, I'm frightened once it comes, it goes, it goes. Do you know what I mean? Kinda, it's, it's a weird... Overtakes kind of thing and smothers my beautiful allotment. Well, when I first got it here at home, I got five crown cuttings, so they're basically five small plants. And I just did what I normally do when I get root uh, loose plants like that. I just healed them into the soil. You just dig a little hole, put your plants in, flat to the ground with the roots, cover them over, and leave them for a while, and it just lets them. Stops the roots drying out. They were only there two weeks, 
and then I took them out and put them down the allotments. And sort of nine years later, I still have a big comfrey patch in my back garden. Never. I can't, wow. I can't get rid of it. Wow. I cannot get rid of it. <laughs> I've tried everything except weed killer. Uh-huh. And d- d- I guess you still use that one as well then, do you? Just chop it? And- of course, yeah. Uh, I've got a patch out there now. That, um, I think it's about four foot tall. It'll all be getting chopped this week and it'll go in the compost heap. Right. And does it break down quick, does it? I know, like, say, my mum's used Can it before. Do. You know, my mum was a great advocate before. But just the way I've kind of set out the bed, and I've never had, when we had the kind of allotment in the early days, I don't even think it was around the plot. So it's been introduced to the, the, the actual site by, you know, like the some of the folks who are, it's, it's kind of new to me. I mean, a perfect spot for you would be behind your polytunnel, between the polytunnel and your wall. Aye, aye, there is a gap there. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But isn't it, down there. isn't it true the backing 14, though, is sterile, so it won't keep, it won't be like a raspberry and just keep um, spreading? Yeah, that's and right. That's yeah, why I, yeah, that's why I got that. I want to kind yeah. of be able to control it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But if you're just getting a plant and it's just grown, you want, or you, I guess you want it to grow bigger than just a legacy, a 12 inch plant pot. You don't want it to grow the size of. Oh, I, I'm going to put it in the ground. Uh-huh. So I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it get as big as it needs to get. And, mm-hmm. But I thought, I, I don't like smelly, um, smelly stuff. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I don't want to make soup out of this. I just want to see yeah. if chop and drop will work. Uh, yeah. It'll it work. Does. Yeah, I think it should. It'll, it'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see if the the neighbors start like, what on earth is that? Smell? Yeah, I don't, it's I don't like bad, that. The fish stuff I use every two weeks is smelly enough. JB, <laughs> I watched your video the other day there on about the more. Is it more? No oh, more. Yeah, more? Yes. Oh. Uh, and it was great. I thought, and he made some great points about. Because I never thought about that. Is like, Thank you very much. if you've just got like grass, it's all you're going to grow is long bloody grass. Are you glad you've done it? Are you, you know what I mean? Is it something you kind of will do again? Yeah, is, I mean, it, is it more hassle than it's worth? It's easy for me because I like that aesthetic. I like the big overgrown grass. But there's so many people, it's uh, like anathema. You know, they, they hate it with a burning passion. Um, and I completely get that. You know, it's, We've sort of, um, you know, we've been, we're very used to lawns looking neat and tidy and that being their purpose. But, um, you know, lawns are very unnatural. Like, they're really, they're a hangover from, you know, a a long time ago when they became a status symbol. It's just people saying, look, I can do this with my land. I don't actually need to grow food on it. I don't need to keep livestock. I'm this rich and this powerful. Um, so I like the big wild aesthetic, but my, my fiance hates it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's been the only tension for me is her going, when are you going to cut the lawn? When are you going to cut the lawn? And me going, well, I can't. I've got the lawnmower is at the allotment now. Yeah, I still can't. I just can't do it. So, <laughs> so that's JB, do you cut because you've got like a lot of grass as well on your allotment? Do you know what I mean? Which I'll be yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? What do you let that grow or does that kind of encroach on your garden and you like to keep that neat and tidy? Yeah, the issue with um, 
so I'm getting better. I'm removing more and more grass paths. I'm turning more over. I just kind of want one nice central grass path. And if I get the second greenhouse on there as well, there will be even less grass. Um, but it is a really useful compost ingredient. Um, and it is, I think of it as quite a good kind of soil life reservoir. You know, so if I dig over my beds, like over time, the healthy soil under the grass that's been undisturbed, you know, the life can migrate from there into the veg beds, you know, if I've been digging potatoes or or that kind of thing. So I do think it has some uses, but I'm, I don't do Nomo on the, the allotment because it would all set seed and mm -hmm. all like in, infiltrate the beds, um, which is what has happened many times before when I have not been on top of cutting the grass. So is the, so, is uh, the plan yeah. is the plan to kind of the whole of November? Because it looked pretty long. You know, you were, you were kind of sitting there in the middle of the, you know, <laughs> like some yeah, sort no, of been... Zen Buddhist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> felt a bit like Monty Don rolling around the grass. But, um, <laughs> no, the plan is to cut it at the end of May um, because it's been going since before May as well. Right, it's been going since. Oh, March, it's been, really. it just hasn't started cutting there yet. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so yeah, by the end of May, I mean it's a good idea to to be cutting it anyway because if you leave it till the end of the season, it will be extremely hard to tackle. Mm -hmm. um, well, I would have thought uh, it would have no, been even, I thought it would be hard to tackle, judging by yours, because it looks like a healthy grass. It's going to be some yeah, hard you, work. You're going to have to take a few, like, cuts, you know, with your lawnmower. Yeah. That's something I didn't really have time to talk about in the video, but you do need to have a bit of a, you know, a powerful machine a to go through. You can't really do it with a plan little... to get it. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it with a little electric strimmer. Uh -huh. but, um, Nile Gardens did a fantastic video about Nomo, which I linked in the description of that video, oh. because he has a huge like acre of a garden, um, and he let pretty much the whole thing go to Nomo. And he had a gorgeous meadow that came out, but yeah, he learned the hard way that it's you know mm -hmm. it's better to do a bit of little and often. It was it was like um, see, it's it's something I never even thought about when you know because you do you see all the kind of the, the ad, ad, adverts, but all the kind of you know the Instagram pictures, and it's like yeah. beautiful meadow, and yep. it'd be the same, exactly the same as mine. It would just be like green grass, not a yep. flower, maybe one dandelion. You know what I mean? Not a flower in yeah, sight, exactly. just a tool. Not yeah. not saying a total waste of time, but not achieving the look that you'd expect. Exactly. Are you so, going yeah, to do it next, are you gonna do it next year? Yeah, if my fiance lets me. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, you know, she her argument is always that I've got the allotment, <laughs> which is fair. You know, I can do my experiments at the allotment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Steve, what about you? Is it something you would try? Have you have you got a lawn? I'm not sure if you've got a even got a lawn, lad. I've got a small lawn at the front of the house here, but uh, I could, uh, I suppose, I could mow a little bit of a path in between it. You know, uh -huh. is it something that you that would would want to do? Would you want to do that? Would you want to do that, Steve? Like, if I could, I would, and that might be possible because with I've got a neighbour next door to me, and he's got uh, on the on the allotments that is, and, and there's a big plot next to him. It's actually bigger than mine, would you believe? And he's not no, using all of it. And uh, we're going to be using that to grow green manures and stuff next year um, to help with the compost situation. So that's something we could do there as well. Mm -hmm. We could have a, an area set aside because I know he wants to put a bit of an orchard in there as well. So. I think those two things would go nicely together. Now, Audrey, you've got like a huge garden, which, what, what, if I remember rightly, has got quite a lot of grass. Right. 
What, what's your uh, thoughts on, on that? First of all, let me say, I think manicured lawns are stupid. Like they just they they eat more resources than they. Oh, I just I just want to I just want to apologize apologize to everyone out there who's got a look at you. No, I didn't realize she was going to see that the little feisty no. old. Uh... Well, I just think they they take more resource than they're worth. However, with that said, I live in a city that if I let my lawn go like um, JB's, I'd be getting a notice put on my door. So yeah. no, ours is ours is cut every week yeah i've heard this is a, this is like an american thing right they have quite strict stuff about your lawn i i the city that we live in has an ordinance for a lot of things and one is your grass better be cut that's it's just i know this yep. kind of that's just bizarre from like the uk well, you know we can step outside i can step out there like a hundred yards and show lawns that haven't been touched for five years <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, it's just yeah, like... no, that, would, that would never happen. Man. Never happen. And we also have, like, I can't grow crops in my front lawn, in my front yard. What, by no, law? By ordinance here. Right. But every year I sneak in uh, everything I can that is not looking like a cob of corn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's just silly. Shiny, we can't even yeah, have rain true. barrels. Oh, okay, yeah. think about it. What those I, are against the ordinance, so those are behind my garage. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, they, <laughs> has to, has to be green. They sell the rights. Pardon oh, me? That's bizarre. What was that, Steve? Oh, Did you say do you have to have um part of the front of your house? Does a certain percentage have to be green or uncultivated or anything no, like I that? Can have, I can and in this year actually we're landscaping the front. And we're going to do a whole lot of plants versus grass. So, wow. so, so you can't yeah. even have you can't even have water butts behind your house where you're growing all your veg. You can't have no. We have them hidden behind our garage. So, what... and I painted them copper. I mean, they look like a beautiful thing. They're not like a blue huge blue tub or something. Uh-huh. But they're they're against. If one of my neighbors turned me in, they'd be gone. That's yeah, just something to do with I them. live with. Lovely people, so that's not a problem. <laughs> I honestly well, can't. I, think I could the, probably understand the, the knots, you know, on, on the kind of scale of like you know keeping your place tidy, the front lawn, you know, getting that cut and everything. But on the back, it just seems that's your property. You know what I mean? It's like surely you can keep yeah. a water, but it's like the most natural thing in the world to feed your plants. Thank you. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I'll but write I'm your a- council, Audrey. Out to who is me a concern? I'm ignoring it, and they can't see it from the street. So, please. Yeah. After the comments on the lawns and being the wasteless space, and an Englishman's lawn is his pride and joy, isn't it? Oh, you, you might get reported yet. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I just, I just think there are better uses for all that land than growing something that we have to keep weeded and. Anyway, don't get me started. They're beautiful. <laughs> uh, I give uh, you know a beautiful groomed lawn, lovely, but I'd rather see it um, used better. Mm-hmm. It, takes right. it takes a lot of resources to keep a green lawn. It must be di- it must be different states and different things because I've seen. I think there's a YouTube channel called GB. You might have seen um, Hot Chili Pot Seven or Hot Chili Seven or something Chili Seven. He plays. Guitar, music, long grey hair, he's into chilies. 
Now, and he has loads of chilli plant pots at the at the season, height of the season, on his front drive garden. You know, like um, seven pot chilli. Is that is there a, is there a chilli yeah, called maybe. that? Yeah, the seven pot is like a kind of yeah. family yeah. of chilies. Yeah, um, well, so I'm sure that there's a YouTube channel, and like I say, his whole like YouTube is like from the growing inside to the rearing, bringing on, and then out mm. onto his front drive. You know, so it's obviously just well, a kind of. I think every every city, every area has different ordinances or different, mm-hmm. and some don't have any. So you know, I, we're really close to Metro Detroit, so you know. Well, let's just see with, with, with Steve and JB, because from our point of view, we have to pay, I don't know, Steve or JB, for green waste. Say if I was cutting my lawn out there and collecting, we have from the council a green wheelie bin for green waste. We've got to pay, I think it's about £78 a year for that service wow. to, to be taken away. Is that the same over in Cumbria, Steve? No, don't pay that here. But yeah, I'll say yet. No doubt if there are other counties doing it, it won't be long before we're doing it over here. They, uh-huh. they catch on pretty quick. But no, at the moment, we don't pay extra for it. So you've got a special like wheelie bin, though, and they, and they come every say, yeah. fortnight and get rid of it, or every month and get rid of it? There's never uh, anything in there, really, unless it's disease. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not part with no you, lad. Eh? Get them bloody nettles out of there, for God's sake. <laughs> JB, what's what's it like down your way for the? You know what I mean, the kind of. Yeah, we've we've got to pay, um, and I don't have one because it's compost. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like it's a bit frustrating for some of the big woody stuff. You know, if you're taking tree clippings, conifers, or something that are hanging into your garden, um, we've got some of that. But yeah, generally, you just um, go and fly tip it, do you? Just you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I just stick it behind the shed. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be gone in a few years' time. So, yeah. do you know what? Um, do you know what the prices of your council to take the wheelie bins? Away? I think it's about the same. Yeah, I think it's right. Um, it's something similar to what you said. And um, right, right. the weird thing is, like, they take it away and they must compost it. But oh, the compost! Look- I think they'll charge for like getting it back. You know, like giving it yeah, back yeah, to yeah. people as well. Or obviously, use I mean, it for themselves. But yeah, I, think I can't this- find our council composts to buy from. Anyway, I don't like. I don't know where it goes. It's sold somewhere, but mm-hmm. not not like. Well, I think it's. Um, everyone just... always says, just get your local council compost. compost. Uh-huh. Listen, I think compost. we've been talking everyone for way longer than an hour. It flies over fourteen minutes past the hour. Wow! I know when you're well, enjoying yourself. Hell. Well, listen, I think we'll we'll call it a night there. Thank you, everyone, for coming into the chat. It's been lovely. Thank you very much. Stephen, thank you very much. JB, oh, thank you very much. And Audrey, thank you very Love much. Me. We will yeah, see, hopefully welcome. see, definitely see you next week. Is that all right, team? Sure. Yeah. Lovely. Right then, everybody, take good care, and we will see you next week, Monday at 7 p.m. Doodle pip. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye-bye. <laughs>